Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, a Stargate podcast. Welcome to Wormhole Waffles. I'm your host, Chelsea, and with me is my co-host, Arzu. Hello! Last week we talked about SG-1 Season 4, Episodes 18 and 19. Today we're going to be talking about Episodes 20 and 21, Entity and Double Jeopardy. Entity premiered on February 9th, 2001, was written by Peter DeLuise and directed by Alan Lee. Double Jeopardy premiered on February 16th, 2001, was written by Robert C. Cooper and directed by Michael Shanks. This is his only directed episode, but he will write three episodes in season seven. Arzu, would you please summarize these episodes? Yes. So... Entity involves an entity um, (laughs) coming through the Stargate and taking over Sam's body and all the computers at the SGC Mm -hmm. um, because it's mad that they sent a probe through because the probe is killing them. Um, And then in Double Jeopardy, uh, their droid personas are back, (laughs) Um, which makes a lot of sense given some of my early comments about the episode. I didn't quite know where we were going with that. And then Daniel mm-hmm. got his head blown off and I was like, oh, this makes more sense. Um, yeah. yeah, the Spoiler droid personas alert. are back and the little droid guy whose name I forgot. He was all lonely. Harlow? Harlan. Harlan. And Har- Harlan oh. is upset about it. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. He's been alone a long time. He's been alone for 10,000 years. A long time. <laughs> a real long time. <laughs> There's frankly, a reason he's a little kooky. Frankly, he's he's not kooky enough. Right? <laughs> given how long he's been alone. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I don't like to think about how long he's been alone because it no, truly stresses it's unnerving. Me yeah. <laughs> it gives me anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do our quote reveal. Last week I gave you the quote. The entity has fooled us twice, and I'll be damned if I let it do it again. And your guess was that Jack is speaking, and the way that they have to stop the entity is risky, but he's going to do it anyway. And as for the entity, you said, maybe it's a glowing orb, and also probably Apophis is going to die in one of these episodes. <laughs> so, I don't know where no. that came from. <laughs> it was Hammond who delivered the line, and it was about keeping an armed guard on Sam in case she the entity inside her did something bad. The entity is not a glowing orb, but you know, stab in the dark. I don't know. I thought <laughs> you that would be fun. I think last week we had a glowing orb, so I had glowing orbs on my mind. <laughs> so. And, and also Apophis, Apophis is, is not, not dead. He's not in either of these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Maybe he'll die later. <laughs> So, let's see. We open with... I can't remember. Do we open on in the SGC or we open with... No, no, we open with the, the team on the planet. So, we have the robot versions of SG-1. Wait, no. That's Double Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, we do open it. I'm getting ahead of myself. The first I'm one. getting ahead of myself. Okay, yeah. You, you want to not talk about the one I liked better? <laughs> Wait, you liked Entity better? I like Double Jeopardy better. I Entity was... Look, I'm in my like romance novel era right now. I'm always in my romance novel era. But like yeah. the last <laughs> few novels I've read have had like these really tearful moments between the couples. So Sam and Jack's stuff in this just fit right in with where I'm at, like headspace-wise. Okay. So I guess just like 
Sam's mannerisms when she's taken over by the entity really freak me out. Okay, so. I have I have some stuff I want to say about that. But. Okay, okay, well, okay, let's start thing. So, uh, we're starting with everybody in the gate room, and they're sending a probe through to a planet that is in the ancient database and not in the Gwoul database. And the probe starts flying, <laughs> and then everything cuts out. And um, basically, like, there's a big... Uh, what would you call that? Like, oh, she said it's an e-impulse. An e-impulse was sent back through the Stargate, and so like all of the computers are blown out. Multiple people get electrocuted, and so they have to figure out what's going on. But before we get to that part, I do want to point out, like, so there. Daniel is looking at the architecture on this planet that they can see through the map. And he's like, that doesn't look like anything the ancients would have built. And I just think it's really weird that they're assuming that the ancients actually lived on every planet that they put a Stargate on. Because they put out tens of thousands of Stargates. Like, also, <laughs> the, not the Jaffa. That's not right. The gold? The gold. Oh my god. <laughs> total blank the gold did not also did not live everywhere that they set up a community and i know they didn't set up the stargates necessarily no but they have this precedent of like well they didn't live everywhere right that they had contact with so i don't know why he would make the same assumption about the ancients Does i suppose that make sense? yeah i suppose with everything that's in the gold database they have at least visited all of those places, and that's why they have them in a database, but they don't necessarily have the resources to have some kind of base on literally every planet in their database. Right, but like the same yeah. could be said of the ancients, is that they yeah. visited, but they didn't necessarily settle there. Yeah. So in the show universe, we're going to learn about how they kind of like made the stargates and seeded them onto planets and stuff. That's the ming one, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but essentially, it's safe to assume that they may not have even visited, like personally visited, all of the planets that they put stargates on. Okay, fair enough. So they just like installed them in order to, you know, make transportation within the Milky Way easy. Not but they didn't necessarily live on all those places. and So it's just weird to me that Daniel's like, this is a completely alien structure. It doesn't look like the ancients at all. I'm like, but why should it be? <laughs> he was frustrating me in this episode. He's making a lot of really stupid assumptions. I don't even know what this <laughs> note I wrote, Daniel, for bleep's sake, in my notes. But like, I don't even know what I was upset about. But he was making a lot of like really stupid assumptions today. <laughs> you know. You know, as he does. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> In any case, uh, Sam wants to, like, immediately get to work on this problem that the impulse caused, and Dr. Frazier orders her to go get her hand bandaged because she got burned. And I just really loved that Teal'c was backing up Dr. Frazier in this scene. <laughs> Because he was like, in medical matters, Dr. Frazier outranks everybody on the base. <laughs> Daniel, such a wuss. He did not want to go to the doctor. 
I mean, I get it. They probably get, you know, a checkup once or twice a week because they have to get a checkup every time they go through the Stargate. So I'm sure it gets old fast. He gets old, but he looked freaked out. I'm like, even if you don't like <laughs> needles or whatever, like you gotta be used to it by now. Yeah. Maybe it's just like an like we didn't even go anywhere, man. <laughs> I still Stop have to get Daniel. <laughs> Not just Daniel though. Jack was like that too. Yeah, but ja- Jack's never done anything wrong. <laughs> I did like the um, like who who put her in charge, and then Hamden's like the United States Air Force. Air Force. Yeah. I feel like there was a line like that last week too. Maybe. Like some sort of mic drop about authority. I don't know. That's always a good that's always a good time. Was it about the Pentagon, maybe? Maybe? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember either. But I liked it. (laughs) So they figure out that there is an alien entity in their computers, and they figure this out because the cameras are moving and the when they're in like the conference room there's a camera and then there's also like a display showing what the camera is seeing so it's like obviously this thing that's watching them and i was just thinking like okay this is 2001 i'm not sure that surveillance cameras can move normally i mean maybe Maybe I feel like it's they're not normally even 2001. fixed. Is it? It well, it aired in February 2001. Right, right. Uh, maybe. I like, feel like in the most... early day, like they were in the early days of just like security yeah. cameras on kind of a like a single axis crank, like it could just tilt back and forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like um, convenience stores used to have that. They would just pan back and forth. Mm. I guess so. But they definitely would not have microphones at that point. So even if the entity could watch them, I don't think it would be able to hear them. Well, I mean, they probably took the took the liberty because it's, you know, the military they have better better uh, tech (laughs) than civilians do. I guess so. Like, it's probably right, right? Like, cameras have microphones why wouldn't security cameras yeah so they decide to as a precaution they're going to basically do a a shutdown of the entire base so that they can get rid of this entity and I just found it funny that Hammond like immediately gave the order and they did it immediately I'm like did you not want to like get on the comp system and make sure nobody's in an elevator they don't care. You know? <laughs> like, what if somebody gets stuck? Or like, what if somebody is using a power tool or something? What and- if somebody's on the toilet? <laughs> and all the lights go out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you at least gotta give people a 20 count, you know? Like, but then that's hey. too much for the entity. The entity could take over in 20 seconds. They don't know. I guess. Like, I get why. I get why if the general's like, shut it down now, you shut it down now and you troubleshoot all your little problems after but i wouldn't want to be stuck in an elevator like in the bathroom 
when the lights go out. And like, I really hope nobody was in the middle of surgery or something. Oh, geez. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody was, but like. But they didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I guess the emergency lights cut on immediately, but still. And Jack is, of course, like making all kinds of little jokes like he does. And I found it really funny that when like uh, Sergeant Siler happens to be there for one of his jokes and he does not find Jack's joke funny. <laughs> Tough crowd. I mean, listen, <laughs> I did think it was funny um, with Jack because Jack is not a serious man. When Hammond is like asking him and Sam a tech question mm-hmm. and for some reason bypasses Sam to ask Jack mm-hmm. and just the look Jack gives him of like, I, he answered him in a very sarcastic way. I don't remember that. I, I just remember, like, I made the note. I'm like, why are you asking him? Like, he answers Hammond in this really sarcastic way. And Hammond, like, looks upset. I'm like, first of all, Sam is right there. Second of <laughs> all, like, I don't know what you expected. Asking Jack these things. Right. I don't even remember what the question was. But, like, he, like, leans across Sam. And he's like, why is it doing this? And Jack did not give him a serious answer. <laughs> you know. You know, this man. Men being men. Men. (laughs) So, even though they did the big shutdown, the entity managed to hide itself in the battery pack of a MALP, and then it basically built itself a kind of like a body. I mean, a, a huge structure with lots of memory pieces so that I could grow and expand. And so, and then it's, so it's like, okay, we, now we have this sentient entity. So it becomes the moral question of what do we do with this sentient thing? Kill it. (laughs) Yeah. Jack's like, kill it with fire. (laughs) Except. (laughs) Except. Except what? He can't. Because it takes over. Well, yeah, I'm jumping. We haven't gotten that point. Yeah, <laughs> So yeah, it's like Sam and Daniel on one side, and Jack and Teal'c on the other. Like, you know, we should destroy it versus we should talk to it. And my next comment is actually, I feel like this episode is kind of boring. <laughs> so clearly, we have different feelings about the this, tech this stuff. Episode. You're right, though. The, like the back and forth before the possession was boring. It was like yeah. the emotional crux. Yeah. Of of this of this that I thought yeah. like hooked me. That's when I was like, oh now I'm paying attention. So Sam tries to communicate with it. She like tries to send messages with it and it ends up transferring itself into her brain. And so she ends up in the hospital wing and it the entity has like suppressed all of her consciousness and it has control over her body and but it it can't figure out how to speak for some reason. I wasn't really sure I followed that. Why it had motor control but couldn't speak. Because they wanted her to speak through the computer to make it sound scarier. I guess so. It That's was why. pretty freaky. I really didn't like it. It was like very it. freaky. What? Okay, so there's one bit in this um, that I want to highlight. Amanda mm. Tapping's performance, first of all. Brilliant. But... Um, she and Jack are having this whole conversation where the entity's basically like, well, 
if you terminate me, basically she goes with me. Yeah. And you can't, like, we are now inextricably linked. It's that this is it now. There's no way around this. Mm-hmm. And there's this moment where, like, as Sam is, like, clicking on the keyboard to convey this to them, she's got tears in her eyes. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I genuinely can't tell if the entity is starting to feel empathy because it's grafted onto her brain and like understands the position they've been put in, or Mm -hmm. if that's like Sam creeping out from under Mm -hmm. the entity and like is frustrated that she doesn't have control of her own body and is like heartbroken and upset and sick and angry at the fact that she doesn't have control of her own body. And I'm like, and I frankly don't know which one is worse. Probably the latter. I did not notice her tearing up, so because I don't know. she doesn't tear up during any other conversation, it's just the one with Jack, where it's like basically this is it now. It's this entity grafted onto this body, and mm. you cannot separate the two without killing her. And she's got like tears in her eyes. Hmm. I almost wonder if that was kind of an accident of like the way that Amanda Tapping had to like keep her eyes so wide open to be freaky looking. It could be, but I just didn't notice it looked quite that teary anywhere else. Interesting. Well, now you're making me want to go back and watch it again. Except just watch that to... bit. <laughs> yeah, I'll just watch that one little scene. <laughs> and then and then Jack gets all upset. And he's like, well, we have to bring her back. And Hammond's like, listen, I know she means a lot to you. And he's like, yeah, she's a valuable member of the team. And Hammond's <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah. That's why you're upset. (laughs) Hammond seemed on the verge of being like, and you love her. (laughs) Like, I understand why you're upset, Jack. You're in love with this woman. And Jack's like, yeah, "Yeah, she's a great member of the team. Like, Uh yes. But that's (laughs) also upset. That's someone has you this press. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody but Jack and Sam, like, everybody's like they're a couple like they're a couple they are treated accordingly even (laughs) if neither of them is acting on it right (laughs) which also like if everybody else is treating you that way just act on it honestly i think if they did act on it i don't think hammond would care hammond would be like can you differentiate between like personal time and mission time and they'd be like yes and he'd be like great have fun yeah, as long as they were keeping it off base. I don't even think he'd care if they were keeping it on base, as long as they don't, like, take their mess with them through the Stargate. Like, you're having a couple's <laughs> argument, don't, like, the argument stops the second you step through the Stargate, and you can resume when you get back. Like, I feel oh, like I, if they started I mean, stacking think, up on base, I don't think Hammond would care. No, I think he would care about that. He'd be like, this is not the time or the place. But I think he would say... As soon as you set foot out of this base, I don't care what you do with your time. No, I don't even think it's your own base. As long as like they weren't in an official capacity, like if they're in their downtime, I don't think he would care. He'd be like, you can't yeah. tell me about it. And officially, I don't <laughs> know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also don't care. I don't know. I think he would want them to not do anything on base for the sake of the cameras. Like make sure there's no proof, you know, for their own sake. Right. But I feel like he would, he'd know that they would know. <laughs> to like be careful but yeah. you know you want to boink in a supply closet like he's not going to say anything well as I was thinking like in the locker room you know there's not going to be any cameras yeah <laughs> yeah so well no he's passed away hasn't he Donis Davis yeah, yeah. I was going to be like if you're listening to this let us know 
but it's not listening <laughs> to this. No. Um, Richard Dean Anderson, or <laughs> you're listening to this, let us know. They definitely have thoughts about Jack and Sam. Yeah, I know. So, like, if you're listening to this, either of you or both of you, um, you know, our info. Do you in the think they went in know. the locker room? <laughs> Where is the best place for them to, you know, have some private Sam and Jack time on base? We are all ears. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. <laughs> Okay, so (laughs) basically they get to a point where they're like, well, we got into this situation with Sam because we didn't destroy the entity in the first place like Jack wanted to. And there's just like this really awkward conversation between Jack and Daniel. And Daniel's just like, so you're saying that we should have just done what you wanted to do all along? And Jack is basically like, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Daniel cannot fathom risking it all for somebody he loves. <laughs> he doesn't well, get it. But then he, he makes the argument of even if we probably should have destroyed it in the first place, Sam is not wrong for wanting to communicate with it. I'm like, that's true. That's valid. But, you know, now we're in the situation. So, yeah. So, what are you going to do? Yeah. And so, it, I, I guess I felt like it was kind of a pointless conversation because it didn't achieve anything. You know what I mean? Like, it, the yeah. decision had already been made. Like, the, we're already in the mess. There's no going back on it. So, why are you trying to make Jack feel guilty? And, you know, yeah, I don't know. It was just weird. There was no point to that conversation. It was so it was frustrating to me. They just needed to keep Daniel involved. <laughs> I guess give him something to do. And so basically, Jack gives the entity an ultimatum, and he's like, "You have to leave Sam's body, otherwise, we will send." Dozens and dozens of probes to your home world, which will damage you. So basically, when they sent that first probe, it was like a virus was unleashed. Yeah. With just the one probe, just from something he was emitting. Yep. The radio waves, I think, were damaging. So, yeah, Jack is like, well, we're going to destroy your home planet unless you give Sam back. And so the entity and Sam, they go, they take off running down the hallway and she does this whole creepy lightning fingers thing, you know, very Palpatine-esque. <laughs> Force lightning. <laughs> yeah. Into the ceiling. And Jack shoots her with his at gun twice. And but then what I find weird is like they shoot her twice and she collapses on the floor. And they go over and they literally just look at her. Like Dr. Frazier walks over and just looks at her and i'm like you haven't confirmed that she's dead yet like (laughs) the director didn't tell them what to do i'm like are you not gonna like you need to check for a pulse are you not gonna like do your doctor thing i guess not (laughs) i don't know man i was also wondering in all of this like does it make logical sense for an entity like a a computer entity to be able to download itself into a human brain 
And then when we find out that Sam's consciousness has been downloaded into a computer system, I'm like, does that make sense? Like, is that a thing? (laughs) No, it's not. Okay. If they, I mean, first of all, the computer consciousness being able to graft onto her brain Mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense like for for a technological thing as opposed to like an organic thing organic i would understand mm-hmm. but like an inorganic thing to be able to graft onto the brain like that as like miss doesn't make any sense but then for when that thing is gone for her consciousness to be like in a computer we've seen that before in marvel though dr what? zola Gets okay, his like, consciousness downloaded too. into. <laughs> <laughs> that was also stupid. <laughs> but this isn't the only fandom that has done that. I see. The thing is, that was so poorly explained that for the longest time, I was like, he did one of those videos where he's just presuming to know what they're gonna say, and he's not actually talking to them. Or like one of those things where when you're doing, um, like, it's like a a voice software where you you speak certain phrases where it captures all possible sounds in the English language and then you can duplicate that person saying literally anything. So AI. Well, yeah. Like an AI thing. Yeah, so. But it's not actually like his consciousness. Right. But it's like like somebody... Somebody would have been controlling what he was saying. Somebody would have been like typing out what he was saying. Right, but not Zola. Yeah. Right. See that I would buy, but him being like, yeah. my consciousness is in a computer. Like, Shh, no, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's yeah, yeah. It was, that was pretty hard to believe. So it's also hard to believe here. <laughs> so the the I am here, I am here, I am here thing was Sam, right? Like, 100%. yeah. So Sam manages to explain that she's in the computer system by just typing I am here all over again on all like the computers in the entire base. If you figure out how to do that, you could type a little bit you more. You could get more information. <laughs> yeah. So just like, That's I am here. I am too. Here. like, Sam, you're the doctor. Like, why not write more than that? Like, I, this is Sam. I am in the computer. Unless like, I'm taking me. everything she had just to do that, but. Yeah. I don't know. It was more dramatic this way. And when Sam does wake back up in her own body, or they like attach the computer memory thing up to her body so that her consciousness can transfer, and Teal'c is like ready with his at gun, prepared to kill her if necessary. I'm like, you know, I appreciate that. Like, somebody needs to do it. Yeah, and he's not making Jack do it. Yeah. Daniel won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Teal stepping up. He's the real MVP. Yeah. And so it worked. Her consciousness is back in her body. All as well that ends well. Woohoo! I don't know. I just personally find this episode to be boring and creepy. It is very creepy. It is also very boring, but it also gave me, like, Sam Jack content. That's true. Like, angsty Sam Jack content. Yeah. That's the only good thing about it. We love we love some angst. They need to sure. kiss. Like, that's enough. You know, and that makes me wonder, if we're going to go into the next episode, when we're talking about the robots, mm-hmm. I wonder if the robot versions are like, well, 
We're not technically in the military anymore. God, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, they, they feel like, I feel like they have enough in them that it's just my luck that that's the part they retain. Hmm. That they can't be together. Yeah. I don't know. But it also makes me wonder if it would be hard to have a relationship because I don't know how much they're internally communicating all the time. So would they have to like shut down their internal communication at least with Daniel and Tilkin Harlan so that they could have some actual private time, you know? I mean, I would love that. <laughs> we can uh, write some fanfic with that. Listen, the fanfic I write is going to violate every military protocol. I'm also going to do no research. <laughs> Don't care. Well, you write the basic story and then I'll come in and like fix the details to make it like you fix like no, sci-fi Stargate details, but like yeah, the yeah, military yeah. details, like I don't care. I have no respect for it. No, 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 just like canon details. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll just write the boinking. You can do everything else. <laughs> <laughs> I have one skill set. Okay. <laughs> so in this episode, we open with the robot version of SG One, although we don't yet know that it's the robot version. But there are clues because Daniel's not wearing glasses. Also, <laughs> which is like her bandana. One. <laughs> um, Sam's hair is longer than it has been. So, so I don't, you know, that's trust, a clue. Um, I don't trust different hair on women in TV shows mm -hmm. for like an indication that something's wrong because I grew up on Friends where their hair would just change from episode to episode and it was just not commented on. So I don't take that as, as an indication of anything mm. except that the actress changed her hair. I feel like in this show, they mostly make changes like that in between seasons. Most shows actually... are like that. Most shows yeah. don't, don't, the actors don't change their aesthetic. To be fair, in Friends, they also didn't really change their aesthetic unless it was like in between seasons. But once it got later and they got more famous and you couldn't tell them what to do, they would just change their hair whenever they felt like it. Yeah. That's true. Hmm. Well, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> there, there is also a line where, like, the people on the planet called Sam Major, and she's like, why did they call me Major? So that's also a clue that... that, that yeah, that one. She's used to being called Captain. So I thought this was funny, because, you know, all these clues are there that I'm not mm -hmm. picking up on. And I'm like, you could tell Michael Shanks directed this, because he's like, no, guys. I'm not wearing glasses. I have a bandana and it's going to be like all cool. And they're like, Michael, and he's gonna be like, shut up. This is what we're doing. And then um, he just rolled with it. And then his head got blown off. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> it's the robot. That's why he couldn't wear glasses. Because it was signaling. I'm like, no glasses, but he's not even like, you know, possessed <laughs> or whatever. I, I don't remember which season it is, but I think he eventually gets rid of the glasses completely. So. It's going to be weird. It is going to be weird. I think it's funny, just as a general note, because Daniel's not in this episode very much. I'm like, I don't, I think, I think he was struggling with the multitasking. <laughs> yeah. 
Because like he's Daniel, not very much. Yeah, he's in like two scenes. Robot Daniel gets killed pretty early, and yep. human Daniel is is not on a there. Mission. Yeah, they don't even say what kind of mission. Sometimes he's we'll say <laughs> he's not here. Like they send him to Wendy's for ice cream. Like he's not here. <laughs> it's not important. Maybe his other appendix. And how many appendixes do you have? You only have one. Oh, okay. I was like, it's, did the other one like, toggle at the end of your uh, large intestine? Okay, I don't actually know what it is. So, <laughs> well, periodically, when my stomach hurts, I'm like, it grew back, but um, <laughs> it doesn't do that. You only have the one. Okay. It's like, well, he could be recovering from some other surgery. Who knows? We don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so anyway, we we basically find out that there is a pretty important. SG-1 mission that we never got to see because apparently sometime in the past year I suppose SG-1 had gone to this planet that had belonged to Harrower and since Harrower was dead they were able to get rid of the Jaffa that were left on the planet pretty easily so it must have been like within the last six months because Harrower died pretty recently and um, so they told the people that to bury their Stargate and so they wouldn't have problems with Gua'ul anymore. Well, unfortunately for them, after Harrower died, lots of other Gua'uld are like sniffing around, you know, picking up pieces of his territory. So Kronos came and decided to claim the planet and came by ship and I guess unburied the Stargate so that he could use it if he needed it. And so now they're under rule by Cronus and the people are like but you told us they weren't gods but here they are again yeah so I mean I sympathize yeah yeah, yeah I mean they're basically like the same level of technology as the Sumerians I think like kind of like Viking-esque yeah which honestly has stopped jumping out to me on this show because I feel like they just recycled the set and prop every time they do <laughs> people I mean, I they're just in the same. They're in the same forest in Vancouver for every. They've episode, got like you know but... a couple, a few square feet of park yeah. just blocked up. But like, you know what I mean? Like it's the. I mean, I get that there's only so many ways in which human society developed, but like mm-hmm. the same sort of tents with the fur and the bone right. and the you know, yeah. one of those. They did have unusual helmets in this one. Yes. But yeah. They also did that thing. I kind of made note of it um, where I get that they want to convey that these people are not contemporary people. They don't talk the same way. They kind of have a different culture. But the the guy, like Mm -hmm. the main village man that they deal with. Darian, I think. Yeah. He goes home and he's talking to his wife about like having to go see Kronos. Mm -hmm. And the way he's talking to her, I get that his like speech style is stilted and formal. But he's giving her a lot of like context that I feel like she should have. Yeah. And he's like explaining, and I get that's for our exposition. Yeah, it's for our benefit. But just the way he says it, he's like, and then I must go to the meeting hall for the blah blah. I'm like, she knows. (laughs) You could just leave without telling her. (laughs) She knows, and she doesn't care. And she's got great highlights for a lady living in the woods. (laughs) She's very well put together. Yeah, she's very well put together. She's very pretty. Mm -hmm. And so. 
Cronus comes back from his little trip. Well, basically, all of SG1 except for Jack gets captured, and Cronus comes back, and he is so, so thrilled <laughs> to have, like, trapped SG1. And he's just like, oh, you're not protected by the treaty here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so he orders Darian to prove his loyalty by killing Daniel. And Dar- Darian, you know, I got to hand it him. He's like, you know, my people are more important than you. So do what you got to do. Shoots Daniel and Daniel's head goes flying off. And Blows his damn head right off. I know it's supposed to be shocking, but it's just so funny to me. <laughs> the way <laughs> his head too. just plops on the ground. Well, because we've got like, what, six more seasons, seven more seasons? Mm-hmm. How many seasons of the show are there? Ten. Okay, we've got six more seasons. So I knew they weren't going to like shoot Daniel in the head in this right. random mid-season episode. Or yeah. near the end of the season episode. So his head pops off mm-hmm. like an overly played with Barbie doll. <laughs> I laughed. Yeah, it was funny. I think that was in your notes when you started your all caps shouting, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was like, LOL. You said WTF. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? But like, what I was genuinely happening? laughing. And then, then I realized it's not what's happening here. Yeah, and then I really, I find it funny that Darian calls his head coming off unholy. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong. I also don't think it was helping, though, that when we cut to the SGC for them to, like, clarify what's really going on, we're supposed to be like, there they are. Daniel's also not there. So that's not, like, for for a second, you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) But where is Daniel? Why aren't they more upset? Uh Uh-huh. So back in the SGC, there's an incoming wormhole, and so Harlan comes through. And so Harlan has sent a message of come try it to let them know that it was him. And Hammond is like, what does that mean? And Jack is like, it means like shalom or aloha. I'm like, why not just say it means hello? You know what I mean? I, I, I wish I knew. <laughs> it's a greeting. Right? It's a greeting. Like, it just seems weirdly specific. Yeah, like, (laughs) why'd you pick those two in particular? Why not say, like, hola, or bonjour, or, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, I know, like, both of those things technically have a deeper meaning to them. Yeah. They also don't mean the same thing, so... Yeah, and come try it really just seems to mean hello, so I so don't know. Why? It, it just seemed like a weird word choice, <laughs> but um, I, I'm i torn between like liking Harlan and not liking Harlan, because he's kind of like cute in a weird way, like he looks like a shy turtle, but he's also very problematic. He's insane. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really like him, but I empathize. He's he's yeah. not particularly likable, but I, I do understand why he is the way he is. Yeah, I guess I just keep returning in my mind to how excited he was to have like a woman robot to play with, you know, when he first created them. Yeah. 
I was like, oh, I'm not forgetting that anytime soon. That was really weird and gross. In, in 10,000 years, you couldn't think of another way to do that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So Harlan explains that the robot counterparts have been going on missions because they got bored. And I mean, honestly, I don't blame them. It makes sense. Yeah. I'd get bored too. Because they can't, like, the planet that they live on, they can't even go outside. Like, they're just in this warehouse kind of thing all the time. That's really demoralizing, you know? So I get it. Might as well give them something to do. Yeah. And so Jack is like, I told them that they weren't supposed to leave. And Hammond says, it would seem that your robot counterpart is equally as good at following orders as you. I'm like, bird! (laughs) Just got dragged. (laughs) But also true. (laughs) But very true. (laughs) And so we kind of like go back to the planet and Darren is talking to his wife and he makes a very good observation that you know, Kronos should not have been surprised at Daniel's head coming off if he was a true god. And so, like, he's finally, like, convinced that he should help SG-1 to be Kronos. And I think that, like, at some point, they were trying to, they were trying to figure out if they wanted to go help them or not. Because, yeah, so the robot Jack... And Darian are at the Stargate talking to Hammond and RSG-1 right. through the probe. And they're trying to figure out if they want to help. And Sam actually seems okay with abandoning their robot counterparts. And I'm like, that seems weird. Immediately following an episode where she was advocating on behalf of an alien entity in the computer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because, like, even if they're technically robots, they're still them. Like, they still have their consciousness and their memory, you know, and all of that. So it's not like they're a random alien. Unless she's just no longer feeling particularly charitable towards uh, yeah. other she's just technological like, beings. Yeah, I'm done with AI. <laughs> I mean, honestly, same. Yeah. Mood. Mood. <laughs> We're all done with AI. The WGA is done with AI. Yeah, they are. We're so close. SAG is negotiating on Monday. Oh, By the time okay. you hear this, this will have been weeks ago. But. Yeah. As of time of recording, the WA, WGA just came to an agreement. That, I don't think they've actually signed it yet, but they're going to. They did. To. The strike ended this morning. Midnight Pacific this morning. But I don't know that they've like literally signed it yet, though. The strike's over. They're all back to work. Well, because they all have to like vote on it or something. They did. I mean, I I mean, I know the strike's over, but there was, like, finalizing stuff they had to do this week. Oh, like, finalizing the language. I think they did that. Because they they agreed on it. So it's just... I don't know. Point is... Time for SAG. SAG is going back to negotiate on Monday, apparently. Probably the studios are like, well... (sighs) Well, now the studios are forming some sort of lobbyist group. Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. Damn studios. Couldn't starve them out, so they want to go complain to the government about it. Yeah. Well, you know why they turned around all of a sudden? Because the government of California said, yeah, if you're on strike, you qualify for uh, EI. Some EI? Like the, unemployment? Oh, is that what they call it there? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Qualify for unemployment. So but all of a sudden, I mean, now that they realize they couldn't starve people out. 
I don't know that the government would side with the studios, though, because, like, they we just started, um, well, it's not, like, the government technically, but there's a, a lawsuit against Amazon, right, that just started. Right. So. I feel like they're going to try, but I feel like they have, I was going to say they've, like, lost in the court of public opinion, but also, yeah. like, when has that ever stopped anybody? Yeah. I don't know. Point is. AI sucks. AI sucks. And <laughs> and my favorite piece of overarching language, re-AI, now this is just taking a turn, re-AI in the Writer's Guild contract is AI-generated material is not considered a source. Meaning what? Meaning mm-hmm. you cannot option an AI-written book for yep. a screenplay, which means yeah. publishing is less likely to lean into AI-written books because they yep. can't get that option. Yep. I saw that. I was like, that's amazing. That was beautiful. It was <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Love it. You tell them. <laughs> so anyway, everyone decides to help. They go to this planet and we have a surprisingly long conversation between Robot Jack and a Flesh and Blood Jack. I don't know what we should call him. Organic Jack. I don't know. Real Jack. <laughs> Yeah, but there's a whole thing at the beginning, at the very end, where they're like, don't you see us as real now? So no, we shouldn't say I real don't. Jack. We should say, like, organic Jack. No. <laughs> you don't care. No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, there was a surprisingly long conversation where they're basically just both sassing each other back and forth. And I was just surprised at how long they let it play out. But eventually, Sam stops them. But she's like, as much as I want to see this play out, we do have a mission to do. <laughs> I put it in my notes. I'm like, why do you want to see how this plays out? What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> it's probably just entertaining. Like, just which one is going to win? Are they going to start yeah. hanging out? Like, <laughs> can I cuddle both of them at once? Like, I mean, listen, <laughs> who among us? <laughs> <laughs> and so. Meanwhile, the robot Tilk and Sam are being inspected by this, like, side gold who likes technology, I guess. I don't know. I kind of liked her outfit, though. It was very, like, futuristic villain. I liked her outfit, but I'm tired of this alien voice effect. <laughs> like, they need a well, new effect. Uh... Hate to break it to you, but it's gonna continue. <laughs> no, I didn't think it was gonna stop. I'm just tired of it. <laughs> yeah. And so we find out with this random gold. I'm not sure if we even does she even have a name? Not one that I heard. Yeah, I was thinking I was gonna look in the credits and see if maybe she had a name. Hira. Her name is Hira. Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> so she manages to cause them pain and torture them. Like, I honestly didn't think that they would be able to feel pain, but apparently they can. I feel like it's the flaw. Like, if I'm going to have a robot body, I wouldn't want to be able to feel pain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know what you mean. I wouldn't want it either. Yeah, that seems pointless. I mean, if it's doing damage, I mean, the the whole point of pain is so that you know something is doing damage to your body so you could stop it, right? So 
if somebody's doing damage to them, I could understand feeling pain so that they're aware that they're damaged. But it seems like if you're just like electrocuting them, that doesn't seem like it. it I don't. I feel like well, I mean, no. If you're that. organic or tech and you're being yeah. electrocuted, like you need to be aware of it or just like regulate, step away, and so that it, you know, stops because it could damage your system either way. I guess so. That's why. I just feel like, but I feel like they should have like an internal mechanism where they could turn off the pain as in like, a, I'm aware that there's a problem. I don't need to keep experiencing the pain to know that there's a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess then I how know. would they know to turn it back on? How would they remember? I don't know. I mean, they're machines. They can remember anything. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. have like no <laughs> pi right. to 10,000 decimals. So... <laughs> I can remember that. True. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, I put in my notes. This is so well. I guess spoiler alert: Cronus dies. So, <laughs> I have my in my notes that this is so. This is the last time that we see him, and he's only in three episodes but I really thought it was more than that like if you had asked me how many episodes Cronus is in like in all of SG-1 I would have thought it was more and same with Harry Works I think they're talked about so much off screen I was gonna say it, like they mentioned them quite a bit so yeah it feels so like it they're around them, more yeah and I was like man I really did not remember that Cronus died fairly early on especially so, um Harry Works just with how much mm -hmm. nobody can agree on how to say that name. It really jumps out. <laughs> Horror. Horror. <laughs> I think last time we agreed to call him Horace because it's a little bit. Yes. Easier. Yes, we did. <laughs> now I remember. So Robot Teal requests to go talk to Cronus in an effort to try to kill him. And it it almost works. Teal gets his arm around Cronus's neck, but I apparently off screen Cronus is able to tackle him because then when we cut back to him later, then Robot Teal is on the ground wounded. And so the real SG one, or I said the organic SG one, manages to come up to the ship and help with the mission. And so the organic Teal joins Robot Tilk in the Peltac and attacks Cronus. So it's basically like they team up. <laughs> it's like the two Tilks team up and they <laughs> they kill Cronus. And so Robot Tilk delivers the killing blow and he's like, for her father. And I was like, oh my god. He's so baby. Oh, my sweet baby. Finally got to kill him. And like organic tilk was like just like nodding in appreciation. <laughs> I was like, oh. so good for tilk. I'm so happy for I love him. <laughs> I feel like I don't talk about him enough. I really I do love him. Yeah. I mean Tilk just doesn't get enough screen time. I feel like it, it gets doesn't. better as the seasons go on. But just because he's like naturally taciturn, he just doesn't get as much like time spent on him which i think is a disservice shame yeah 
And so robot Sam ends up having to sacrifice herself in order to get all the doors closed on the ship to cut off all the Jaffa from being able to attack them. And so it's like one way or another, every single one of the robot versions ends up getting killed. And I was like, well, Harlan's alone again. I'm like, well, it was a very convenient way to get through a tough mission without actually causing permanent damage to the organic team. Right? Like, oh, well. So are you counting this in your um, death toll? Yes. Okay. Yep. Indeed, indeed. And so, yeah, basically, uh, Organic Jack manages to have a last short conversation with Robot Jack. Um, and he delivers the news that the other robots were killed, but that the real version is still alive. And so Robot Jack is like, are we still so far from real to you? I'm like, Totally. Like, respect Not. them. No. <laughs> we disagree. You don't like the robots. <laughs> I think the robots awesome. deserve respect. <laughs> Generally speaking, robots deserve respect, just not these ones. <laughs> I don't, I'm not attached to these ones, so. <laughs> well, and that's we all good know my personal they're feelings. Uh, my personal feelings dictate whether or not somebody should be treated properly. <laughs> well, these ones are dead, and spoiler alert, they do not come back. Harlan does not make more, so. Well, good. As far as we know. I'm, I, I, hope mean, he, I hope he made a couple that taught him the concept of consent. Right. It's possible that he made more, and they were just a lot better at keeping things quiet. We'll never know. So now we have another major system lord dead. How many so, Two? No, there's there's quite a few, but most of them are fairly minor. Like Apophis definitely has the most power, but like Osiris is out there now, and then we've got you, we who we met in an episode with the Asgard when they're negotiating the treaty. Yes, and Nirti, who we also met on that same episode discussing right. the treaty. So that's four fairly major ones. And then there's some that we haven't met yet. Fun. So I'd say one more major one that we haven't met yet. And then a bunch of minor ones that we like only see once or twice. Cool. So, so we'll start to see like how like, you know, politics are shifting in the global world. Like season five is going to have a lot of like, you know, power grabbing kind of thing i like i like shifting politics yeah 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 so we'll see if they uh manage to keep apophis in check or not oh i have in my notes in this episode there's a i, I was just remarking how there's this one guy this one Jafar who's really tall and has a really deep voice he's just listed as Jafar number one and he's six nine Bless. He has a really deep voice. Yeah, his name is John DeSantis. I was like, you really stick out. <laughs> You're very, very tall. Also, Robot Jack got the like um, outfit of a Juno warrior in order to go spy on the meeting with Kronos. And it showed him like covering up the body of this guy. I'm like, I really hope you just stunned him. It didn't kill this random 
local <laughs> that you're trying to save from Kronos? <laughs> like, please tell me you just knocked him out. I mean, yes. <laughs> we don't know otherwise. Yeah. So, hope springs eternal. <laughs> Did you catch somebody saying I'm sorry with a Canadian accent? Yeah, um, Harlan. Oh. Like, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, you're a local boy. <laughs> I didn't hear that again, but it's, I think your your ears are just more tuned to it than I am. It, it different show, different franchise. But if anybody listening watched Ahsoka, um, anytime Hayden Christensen is there, his accent is so strong now. <laughs> his Canadian accent, it's it's just, it's so strong. <laughs> it's all I hear when he talks. <laughs> I don't hear it. I. I can I I just I know it's there. I can hear it. I'm like this was not there in the prequels. <laughs> he's just like whatever. I am what I am. He's been he's been living here, minding his own business. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's out in Uxbridge. Mm-hmm. It's just getting stronger. I don't know. <laughs> Do you ever hear somebody doing a fake Canadian accent? No, because it's hard to fake. Because it's like the whole thing is it like, like there's very exaggerated. I'm saying it's hard to fake. It's not hard to fake like an exaggerated Canadian accent. Like yeah. if anybody listening knows who Bob and Doug McKenzie are. They're like they're fictional characters, but that's like an exaggerated Canadian mm-hmm. accent. So that's not hard to fake. But just the like this is the way I talk, and yeah. just this happens to be where my emphasis is. Yeah, it's like it's like doing a Bermudian accent. Like people in Bermuda have an accent. Mm-hmm. that I could not for the life of me imitate because it's so, so subtle. Yeah. I feel like it, it can be that way for a Southern accent too. Most actors, if they're mimicking a Southern accent, go way overboard. Like they go and very they, Dukes of Hazard with it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not how people talk. Yeah, but there's like, there's inflections in Southern accents that I can hear mm-hmm. that if I were doing an imitation Southern accent would not think to put there because it's not natural. Yeah. Like it's not natural to me and it's not something you hear in an exaggerated accent, but that is just simply the way people talk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I never hear the I'm sorry thing. I think it's because you don't hear it outside of this. Mm -hmm. So your ear doesn't like perk up when you hear it. It's just an alien thing. That's how aliens talk. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I gotta do better, eh? If somebody said A, I would definitely clue into that. Like, that's more obvious. I, I will sometimes, like, I don't even have that strong an accent, but I will sometimes just say A at the end of sentences, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I did really that, jumped out there. I did that randomly once, like, without intentionally doing that, and my mom was like, have you been around RZ too much? <laughs> I say y'all as part of my vernacular. Y'all is a good word. Y'all is a great word. Y'all is gender neutral. Just, you know you're getting Southern when you start saying all y'all. Oh, I say that too. (laughs) I do say all y'all. Yeah. Anyway, do you have (laughs) anything else about these two episodes you want to talk about? Nope. 
anything problematic? I don't think so. I think it was pretty okay. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to top last week. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> nor should you want to. That should not be no. you aspire to. Um, uh, no, not problematic. Yeah. So I think these all. I I guess I feel like entity is weirdly timely. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like about AI. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think they're okay. Yeah. All right. So you ready for a little season four wrap up? Let's do it. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on this season as a whole? This season was very disjointed. I thought like the the earlier seasons have like a it felt like they had a more consistent through line whereas this Mm. one was just kind of like we're partially dealing with our old plot with Uh you know the fallout from Sheree because she's not around anymore we're partially dealing with that fallout but we're partially introducing this big plot but we're partially a sci-fi problem of the week show and it was like it doesn't quite know what it's Mm. trying to be that being said I feel like there were a lot of really good episodes. Like I had a hard time narrowing it down to just three favorites. Cause I feel like there were really good individual episodes. There were really good individual episodes. That's when we get to the top three, like there's a theme, but um, <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> there's a theme, but um, like there were really good individual episodes. I just feel like it, the, the difference between like, good solid episodes mm-hmm. and meh episodes there's just mm-hmm. a huge divide mm-hmm. and very little in the middle mm-hmm. at least for me okay i mean i guess i can see what you mean like they have kind of like too many threads going at once yeah it's just it's a lot so i like i i have no doubt that it's going to kind of streamline out yeah later because if if things don't stay messy like this and then go on for six more seasons like right, they'll right. just stop it yeah. But I do think, like, at this point, though, we are really seeing the actors get very settled into their characters. Yes, definitely. They, there's not any, like, awkwardness anymore, unless it's, like, intentional. And there's a lot you know? more, like, layer and nuance, and, like, yeah. you get the sense that they really understand their characters a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. So, what are your top three episodes in no particular order? In no particular order. My <laughs> top three episodes are Divide and Conquer. Uh-huh. Because he cares about her more than he should. Uh-huh. Window of Opportunity, and you know why that uh-huh. is. And, oh god, what is it called? Beneath the Surface. Okay. Are my top three. With honorable mention going to 2010. Okay. Yeah, you really had... <laughs> there is a theme. <laughs> There's definitely a theme. Because, okay, as disjointed as this season was, and as frustrated as I am that they're not giving me payoff, there were some really good crumbs. There were some really good yeah. crumbs. So the Salmon Jack official ship day is July 28th, which is the day that Divine Clucker aired. So it's based on that episode. I love that. <laughs> I love I love that. I love anybody who thought to set it up for that day. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are the I, real ones. Like I was also wondering if you would pick the other Sam Jack one. Uh, 
upgrades had a Sam Jack moment. That was when they were like looking at each other longingly through the force field. Yes, but the other three had like a memorable quote slash beat. Yeah. I just like really like the I care about you more than I should. Yeah. And <laughs> why where are you go like why are you leaving so I can do this? <laughs> and then the whole idea of like you can take their memory away and they're still gonna yep. find each other. It's yeah. just so good. <laughs> well, my top three in no particular order are window of opportunity, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Tangent. I just okay. really think tangent is a fun episode. <laughs> 2010, and then honorable mention, The Curse. Which one was The Curse? Where we meet Osiris. Right. Yeah, I really like Sarah slash Osiris. I think she's a cool character. Nice. Yeah, but there were several others that I was like, man, I I wish I could have like five honorable mentions because they're so good. Like, I, uh, I liked the Watergate episode a lot. Um, I even think the first ones where we get to meet um, Chaka is interesting. And I like meeting Martin because he's a really funny guy. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think, and I think Double Jeopardy was a fun episode too. Yeah. So, yeah. so was it? I, I did think about putting Entity on there, but I'm like, no, it's sad. For all <laughs> that I got good, uh, I got good crumbs. It's yeah. Sad. Yeah, yeah. So what do you hope to see going forward? I would like to see a resolution to this Apophis mess. Okay. Um, sooner rather than later. And a more streamlined approach to the bigger plot threads that they're trying to weave in. Like, I'm not saying they have to talk about it every week, but... yeah. Having one episode be like, like it feels like they're following three or four different plot threads, and I'm just kind of like see that consolidated down to like two. Right. Okay. How about you? Well, no, you've seen it. You can't. <laughs> you can't have hopes. You've seen it. What do I hope to see going forward? <laughs> just say like three or four really specific things. <laughs> no, you can't. You don't have any. You can't have any hopes. Yeah. No. Yeah. You have the knowledge. Yeah, I can't give you any spoilers either. So, what do you hope to see in the infinity finale? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, next week, we're going to be talking about the very last two episodes of Stargate Infinity, wrapping up our discussion, and then we're never going to speak of it ever again. It's the end of an era. I'm so sad. I know. It's like bittersweet. I'm like both looking forward to it and dreading it. And <laughs> like, it's been here since the beginning almost. Uh -huh. Now it's over. Yeah. And I liked having Armand on too with us. It's yeah. nice having him on. I'm like, well, we might have to get him to start watching Stargate. We're going to have to get him to do something else. Like periodically <laughs> yeah. bring him in. Yeah. We'll just bring him on to explain plot points to him and have him react in real time. <laughs> with no context. No context whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, so... It'll be end of an era with this iconic show next week. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I haven't watched the last two episodes yet, so apparently it ends on a cliffhanger. I don't know. I haven't actually watched it yet. And so we'll speculate about how we think it might have continued if it had gone, if it 
God picked up their season two. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, a few more season four wrap up things real quick. So our we've got our different tallies here. So yes. for your tally on how many quotes you got correct, you correctly guessed who was speaking three times. And you correctly guessed the context five times plus a sprinkle, which <laughs> equals a tenth of a point. Five and a tenth. Great. <laughs> and last last season, you had three and a half points. So I guess <laughs> you have like six tenths of a point. <laughs> you have six sprinkles. <laughs> Yay. All I need is four more tenths and it's a whole extra point. <laughs> <laughs> And so for our character death tally, Jack is up to five deaths, Sam is up to four, and Daniel and Teal'c are tied with seven. Well. So there's this whole running joke about how Daniel is the one who dies the most in SG-1, but so far, the others are keeping pretty good pace. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it's just like Daniel's deaths are more exaggerated or more like noticeable. Could be. Mm. He's just louder about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so then we have the number of times that SG1 has saved the world is up to five. Once per season plus an extra. Yeah, this one had two. Mm. Yeah. Curious to see if this pace continues. <laughs> yeah. There's somebody on Twitter who's watching SG-1 for the first time and there's that episode towards the end of season one where Senator Kenzie, I think, comes and they're talking about the viability of the Stargate program and whether or not it should continue. And they were like, well, the problem is we're not supposed to like this guy, but he's making really valid points. (laughs) Because, like... (laughs) You know, the team keeps essentially getting the entire world put in danger because of what they're doing. Whereas if, like, if they told the Gwold, you know, we're going to bury our Stargate and keep to ourselves, the Gwold would probably be like, okay. That's nice. (laughs) And, like, leave them alone, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe occasionally come and pick up some hosts, but... You know, they probably wouldn't care that much. Yeah. So, yeah. So, next week is Stargate Infinity. And then the week after that, we'll be back with SG1 to talk about the season four finale plus the first two episodes of season five, since they're all part of the long arc. So, three episodes in total. That is Exodus, Enemies, and Threshold. Fun. Yeah. So I will give you a quote from the next SG-1 episode to guess. Are you ready? Yep. I'm sorry I had to shoot you. You didn't give me much choice. That sounds like Jack. (laughs) He shot one of the SG-1 members. Obviously just stunned. (laughs) And hurt them. And they're like, it's probably Daniel. (laughs) He probably shot Daniel. And Daniel's upset. And he's like, I'm sorry I had to shoot you. You didn't give me much choice because Daniel was being like really out of pocket. I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> don't know why, but I think that's what happened. Okay. Well, we'll find out in two weeks if you're right. That's it for today. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would love for you to rate us five stars wherever you can. If you want to talk to us about Stargate, you can find us on our podcast, Twitter and Tumblr page at Worm Waffles, maybe some other stuff too. I don't know. And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr and maybe some other stuff at Chelsea Fairless. Arzu, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I'm at ArzuD2 on Instagram. I almost said TikTok. I'm not TikTok. On Instagram, Tumblr. Um, I'm at ArzuAmin.blueSky.social. I'm at ArzuD2 on Hive. I'm kind of all over the place. I don't use Hive, but put that out there anyway. Threads. I'm at ArzuD2. Again, I don't use it, but. Did you mention um, Blue Sky? I don't remember. I did. Yeah. I have, Blue I, Sky have a, I have like a profile everywhere. Yeah. I just don't use them. Yeah, I don't log I don't in. <laughs> um, I probably should, but anyway. Uh, as for the rest, you can find us on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are the geeky waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. We're the geeky waffle on YouTube. We're at the geeky waffle.com. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash the geeky waffle. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll see you on the other side of the event horizon.